The tour content from now through Lagwa Omer has been generously sponsored by Malki M. Thank you, Malki. June is less than a month away, which means that I'll soon be transitioning into summer writing mode with more Substack articles and fewer recorded shiurim. The bulk of these articles will remain free. However, if you would like to support my Torah and gain access to additional spicy written content, consider becoming a paid subscriber by going to rabbishneweis.substack.com and signing up today. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneewitz, and this is the Stoic Jew Podcast, where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. Today's reading is from Marcus Aurelius Meditations, Book 9, Chapter 8, and it says as follows. One vital spirit is distributed in irrational creatures. One mind spirit is divided in rational creatures. Just as one element earth is in all earthy things, and we see by one light and breathe one atmosphere, all that have sight and vital spirit. Okay, so plain shot here. <laughs> uh, Marcus Aurelius is highlighting the fact that all animals, rational and irrational, share a common um, feature, which is their vital spirit, their life, uh, that we are all biological life forms. Uh, but then all human beings share uh, one mind spirit or rationality. So in yesterday's episode, I talked about my uh, recent experience coming to terms with the uh, with the kosher ice cream truck and the recognition of the humanity in the driver of that ice cream truck, which kind of fits into the second half of this uh, reading. Uh, today, I want to share with you an experience I had on Sunday, uh, which focuses on the first half of the reading. So uh, as I mentioned, we had a yeshiva rafting trip in Pennsylvania, uh, which was a couple hours away. And uh, we were driving back uh, in the evening. And uh, somehow a fly got into the car uh, before we left Pennsylvania. And I was driving back with a friend and I noticed the fly. Um, but, you know, it was kind of it was flying around in the car. And um, so uh, whatever, minor annoyance. Uh, and, uh, and then we kind of both forgot about it. And then um, about an hour and a half or maybe even two hours into the drive, uh, you know, quite, quite a far, uh, quite a, uh, far, far away from our departure point. Then the, then my friend in the passenger seat opened the window and, uh, uh, really quickly and then closed it. And I said, did the fly fly out or did you just let the fly out? And he said, yes. And I said, Phew, you know, that's, that's good. Like now I don't have to worry about there being a fly in my car. Um, and, uh, and you know, the annoyance that comes with that. And then I kind of jokingly said, I'm sure the fly was also really happy to get out. You know, and then it hit me and I expressed this verbally at the time. I said, it just hit me. What is this fly going to do? You know, like the fly is from Pennsylvania and we've been driving for two hours and it was from this you know green lush area on the Delaware River. And we just let it out in the middle of like New York on a highway. What, what does a fly like that do? I mean, and I, 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 I and I, I again, I was verbalizing all this. But like genuinely asking the questions for the first time, like, I have no idea if you're that fly, where do you go? Like, what, what do you eat? Where, where do you go? Do you have, where do flies go at night? Are there, I, and this is, betrays my ignorance about flies, but do flies have like, are there like <laughs> groups or colonies or like families? Like, are there, are, are, are the species of fly that are on the Delaware River, um, also indigenous to other parts of uh, of New York, like, is this fly going to be able to survive, you know? And uh, I had just never thought about the fly like that before. And it, it struck me as this is a very interesting thing that I am identifying with the fly. 
<laughs> you know, um, I have not, I can't say that I've ever identified with a fly before. And this was not something that was like a, a planned, uh, mental exercise of putting myself into the shoes of the fly. Well, they don't wear shoes, but putting myself into the, in, into the, you know, <laughs> the consciousness of the fly. This was just a spontaneous realization. Now I, I, I suspect again, because I've been reading, um, uh, radical compassion, well, actually, I hadn't started Radical Compassion on Sunday, so I guess because I've been reading Radical Acceptance uh, and thinking about, um, I don't know, uh, I guess the, the ideas of compassion had been on my mind. Maybe that's what prompted it. I'm really not sure. Um, but it happened, okay? Now, if you pause here, you will, you, you can say that this is a realization that is, um, I guess, without Torah content, for lack of a better term. In other words, these were just natural questions that I had, okay, the, about this fly, and who knows where they came from, okay? But then, as I was thinking about it, I recalled, um, this was after the after the trip, um, after we got back, so I recalled uh, a Radak, uh, commentary of the Radak, uh, Rav W. Kimchi, on two psukim in Tehillim Kufmem He, in Psalms 145, this is psukim uh, 9 and 10, so... Tov, so the Pasuk says, the Pesukim say, Tov Adonai la kol v'rachamav al kol ma'asav, yoducha Adonai kol ma'asecha v'chasidecha yivarchucha. So Hashem is good to all, and His mercies are upon all of His creations. That's Pasuk 9. And um, and then it says in 10, yoducha Hashem kol ma'asecha, all of your, all of your works uh, acknowledge you, gratefully acknowledge you, or or admit to you, v'chasidecha yivarchucha, and your pious ones will bless you. Okay, so the Radak on that first passage says uh, as follows: Tova Hashem lakol, Hashem is good to all. Afilu lemine hachayos v'habehemos v'haofos hutov umarachim, even to the types of wild animals and domesticated animals and birds, He Hashem is good and merciful. V'chein roi laadam lalechas b'durachav ele. It is likewise proper for a person to follow these paths. V'ein lo la. A person should not destroy life for no purpose or without a need. Or to, to protect himself from their harm. And we also find And we also find that Rabbeinu HaKadosh, that's Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, Judah the Prince, uh, who compiled the Mishnah, he warned his maidservant to not gather up the small weasels with the the refuse of the house but rather to leave them to dwell in the in the uh i guess in the rafters of the house or in the in the roots of the house amrla and he said to her the puzzle writes that god is merciful on all of his creations so let me just quote that gemara inside so this is a gemara in Talmud bavli bava matia daf pehe amad aleph uh in bava matia 80 80 uh 85 a so it says, Yomachad Havaka Kancha Amse de Rebbe Besa. So one day the maidservant of Rebbe, of Rebbe Hudanasi, was, was cleaning the house. Havashadya Bene Karkushta Vika Kancha Luhu. So she was uh, sweeping up the, um, sorry, there were, uh, there were Bene Karkushta, which seems to be young weasels, lying around, and she was going to be, she was sweeping them. She was in the middle of sweeping them up. Amarla, Rebbe Hudanasi said to her, Shavkinhu, leave them. It is written, it is written in, in Atre that uh, his mercies are upon all of his creations. Amri, uh, and they said, and I think that they here is in the, the rhetorical sense that it was said about him, 
Since he is merciful, then we will be merciful to him. Okay, meaning that since he, since Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi exercised mercy on these animals, then then he will be a recipient of mercy from uh, from heaven. Okay, so you see from there this idea that um, that. Hashem has mercy on all of his creations, and this is something that is, you know, talked about a lot in Tehillim, that, that Hashem provides all creatures with what they need to survive um, and takes care of all their needs. And, and you know, if they animals that are weak and defenseless, he gives them defense mechanisms to protect themselves from their enemies uh, on a species-wide level, not on an individual level. And, and since we are commanded to emulate Hashem, and Hashem is merciful on all his creations, so too— we should be merciful on all animals and not destroy them unless there is a need or unless there is a harm to us. Um, in other words, we as the higher species on earth who have been given dominion over the animals do have a right to take their lives when necessary, uh, either necessary for our protection or for our benefit, but we should not do that. And the default should be to exercise mercy. Um, and in doing so, we're emulating Hashem. And as a result of that, you know, that is that aligns us with God's Hashgacha, with God's providence, you know, um, uh, as the Gemara says. OK, but then the, the puzzle goes on and says, um, uh, so this is sorry, the Radak goes on on the next puzzle of Yoducha Hashem Komasacha. All of your works acknowledge you, Hashem. Now, the problem with that is obviously only human beings. Human beings are the only uh, creations on Earth creatures on earth who can acknowledge God. So what does it mean that all of your your works uh, acknowledge you? So the Radak says, Yoducha, af mine hachayim she'in bahem das, even the, the types of animals that don't have knowledge, okay, so how so? Mitikun yitziraschah behem, from the structure or the the design of their uh, formation, v'hachanas mezonosehem, and the the readiness of their food, the fact that God prepares their their sustenance for them, Yoducha Ha'adam Hamevin Bahem, then the man who understands them will acknowledge you, will acknowledge Hashem. And it will be as if they are acknowledging you. In other words, man is the only creature capable of understanding and contemplating God's creations. So when he recognizes how God provides for all of his creations and how he designed them, then he's using those creations as a vehicle for acknowledging God. So it's as if they themselves are 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 giving hoda'a to God, are giving grateful acknowledgement to Hashem. Okay, and then he says, the Radak goes on and says, v'chasidechi varchucha, that's the last half of the of Pasuk 10, and your pious ones will bless you. Uh, Amar, um, David Melech says, umihim hamodim, who are the ones who acknowledge you? Ha'chasidim, the pious ones, shehare mizbonanim tami b'masacha, they are continually gaining insight from your creations or contemplating your creations. V'hem yivarchucha tamid, and they are, are, um, are, what do you call it, uh, blessing you constantly. Ki b'chol es b'r'osam ha'chidushim ha'mishchachim tamid b'yitzirim v'atikon asher b'chai u'v'tomech yivarchucha, because at all times they're seeing all of these new insights Constantly in the in the uh, the the creation and in the design uh, of these living things and in the plants, uh, they will bless you. Uh, and the rabbis of blessed memory created blessings on each of these uh, things uh, according to their their matter. Um, Okay, then he says, Kamosh Amru Haroib Kach Mavar Kach Amar Vachasid. Okay, fine. So, so okay, they made different blessings. Vamar Vachasidecha Ki Kolash and Chesed Hu Yisron Hadavar. So the reason why it says Chasidecha, your pious ones, is not because it's talking about piety in ethics. You know, like going beyond the letter of the law. It's because Chesed means uh, some sort of additional uh, uh, or excess here. And he says, Vamis Bonim Tamid B'Masayakel. 
And these are people who con- uh, c- continually contemplate the work of God. And they bless God constantly whenever they are involved in this contemplation. They are the pious ones in this case. And that's what Chazal mean when they say that if someone wants to be pious, he should fulfill the the principles of brachos, meaning that he should be involved in this type of of seeking out opportunities and uh, to to acknowledge God's chachma uh, and chesed and rachamim uh, and tov in the creation. Okay, so why did I cite that long-winded radak? So again, I I don't know where my recognition for the fly came from. Maybe maybe it's because I've been learning to hill him a lot. Actually, now that I think about it, um, I haven't been learning ashray, but like. You know, I think it's a compassion of, uh, sorry, no compassion. I think it's a combination of the radical acceptance and compassion that helped me to be more in touch with myself and therefore to then see outside of myself, plus the awareness of Hashem in the world that I've gained through learning and teaching to Hillam this year. Um, and it led to this weird moment with a fly. But the reason why I'm bringing this up in this context is because I've mentioned a lot about uh, how. Um, the practices of stoicism and of radical acceptance and of IFS and all these other things I've been involved in this year, those practices are useful tools, but they're not attached to content, you know? And I think the difference between just identifying with a fly versus identifying with a fly in the framework of, of this is the, the uh, creation of Hashem and thinking about how the fly fits into its, this new environment that we released it into and and realizing that all these other flies are provided for by Hashem in all these other ways. I, I think this is a good example of like how my, if I had this insight but didn't have Torah, the insight would have taken on a different direction. You know, it would have either just remained in this purely emotional form of just identifying with a fly um, or it would have led into some imaginary frame, framework, you know, or mystical framework. But the fact that I have Torah as my foundation, that allowed me to use the, the, this, this uh, observation that came up in this ran- seemingly random way, but then to naturally connect it to the, uh, the insights of Torah and to the practice of saying Ashrei every day. Now, I, I mean, I hope when I say Ashrei mindfully and I get to these two psukim, then the fact that I had this experience with this fly will enhance my kavana and, and uh, you know, an understanding of, of what I'm saying. So uh, just wanted to share that experience. Uh, and uh, who knows what Marcus really has meant when he said that he wanted to recognize, you know, the common vital spirit in all creatures. Uh, but, you know, uh, I, I, it's possible that he... Uh, he also had this idea, uh, it's all, but it's also uh, I've seen writings in the Stoics where they acknowledge similar ideas, but it's also possible that he lacked it because he did not have Torah like we do. That is it for today's episode. If you've gained from what you've learned here today and would like to support my production of even more Torah content, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash rabbishnaywise. Link is in the description. Um, tomorrow's episode, uh, which is going to be Friday, uh, I will talk about my my summer plans for this podcast and my other tour content. So stay tuned. Thank you to my listeners for listening and thank you to my patrons for supporting my efforts to make tour ideas available and accessible to everyone.